0: God. Matthew chapter 15, take your Bible and go there. Uh, I told John we was going to preach on, and he talked to me about this song. I said, man, that, goes, that fits hand in glove, just what we're talking about. I want to talk to you about a lady that talked to Jesus, a mother's faith in Matthew chapter 15. We'll begin reading in verse 21 and read through verse 28. Welcome to every one of you today. Glad that you are in this place. Matthew 15. We find these words, verse 21, Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. That probably doesn't mean anything to you, but this is the only time in all of the Gospels that we find Jesus outside of Palestine. only time. He's taking a break. He's weary. He's going for a respite. And he goes north. Look at this map. I'll show you where it is. You see Syria to the north. You see Judah to the south. That's old Palestine with Israel, Judah. Right up on the coast you see from the island of Cyprus coming across Phoenicia. And there you find two Coastland cities, Tyre and Sidon. That's where Jesus has slipped away. Only time out of Palestine at all. He did all of his ministry, most of it in the Galilee, but then down to Jerusalem, of course, where he would be crucified and raised. But he has slipped across into this Canaanite pagan territory of Phoenicia, with Tyre and Sidon being the cities. So he slipped away. And verse 22 says, And a Canaanite woman from that region, that region of Phoenicia, came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon possessed. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and implored him, saying, Send her away because she keeps shouting at us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, Yes, Lord. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. A mother's faith is a praying faith. You've probably heard the names John and Charles Wesley. In that Baptist hymnal that is there in front of you, there are 18 songs written by these two men, 16 of them by Charles, two by John. Those 18 hymns are there. They're Methodists. God used them in great awakening, their methods became a method, and thus the Methodist movement was born, the Wesley brothers. While you know their names, you may not know their mother's name. Susanna. When you read their biography, you hear of Susanna. She worked in the kitchen like a country woman. She wore an apron. Those of you who grew up in the country, if your mother wore an apron, she shelled peas. She'd throw the hulls in one bucket, and she'd just let those peas fall in her lap in that apron. Till she's done, gather it up, and then she'd empty them. Susanna Wesley wore an apron. Charles says that almost every day, mother would take that apron... And put it up over her head. And she'd be bowed sitting in a chair. And there was no sign posted. But when the apron was over mother's head, that meant do not disturb. She was talking to Jesus. That was her prayer closet. It was there that she prayed her boys to Jesus. It was there she brought her family to God. She'd take that apron and put over her head. she is talking to Jesus. A mother's faith is a praying faith. In our text today we find Jesus, as I said, stealing away for respite, vacation, a little relaxation from all of the ministry. He slips across the northern border into Phoenicia. But a woman has heard about him. She gets wind that the carpenter from the Galilee has come to town. She's got a demon-possessed child. Hmm. Her daughter's so bad, she goes and finds Jesus and begins to cry out unto him. And out of this encounter, we learn some things about a mother's faith that is a praying faith. But not only is it a lesson for mothers, it's good for fathers and sons and daughters. But I want you to see about this woman, her faith, the one Mark calls this Syrophoenician woman. Four things I want you to see with me quickly this morning. First of all, a mother's prayer must be personal. It must be personal. Notice in the text, a Canaanite, she's a pagan. She came from that region, Phoenicia. She's godless. She worshipped at the altar of Ashtar. She did not know God. She was an idol worshiper. But she had heard about this prophet and, and she came and she sought him out. This unbelieving pagan Gentile Canaanite woman came to Jesus and she cries out first, Lord have mercy, not on my daughter, Lord have mercy on me. If you're gonna be a praying mother, you gotta have first of all a mother's prayer that is personal. Before you can pray for somebody else, you gotta pray for you. And the first prayer you pray is for mercy. That you cry, Lord. Have... Now here's this lady. She she's heard about this guy that's walked on water. He he's multiplied bread. She's heard tell that he's opened the eyes of the blind. And she cries out for mercy. I believe Jesus saved her right there. Because it's by mercy you come to faith in Christ. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 tell us that very thing. God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even while we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By what? Grace. By grace you have been saved. But it is by the mercy of God. Jesus saw this woman and showed mercy. Mother, you're here today. Can you take me to a place and tell me of a time when you got saved? Mother, you don't get to go to heaven just because you raised mean kids. you got to know the Lord. Even a mother has to be saved. I mean, for most of us, the sweetest person in the world has been our mothers, raised us up and helped us and done all these things. But mama, you got to be saved because you're a sinner that must be saved by grace. Dad, you're the same way. Son, daughter, all of us, you must come and cry out for mercy. It's the only way you get saved. For by grace are you saved, it's by mercy. I was saved when I was 10. I remember as a young preacher, I asked my mother about her own testimony. And my mother said to me, I also was saved at 10 in a vacation Bible school, just like I was, that my mother came to faith in Christ. Now here she's lived 80 years after that. She's in her 90th year, having known the Lord for all of these years. Mother, do you know, you know, you know the Lord. Can you take me there and tell me when you trusted Christ? You'll never be a praying mother until first of all, your prayer is personal. You must be born again. And mother, if you've never been saved, oh, don't let your pride get in the way on Mother's Day. Walk right down here and say yes to Jesus this morning. Go to that next step table and say yes to Jesus today. What a great day it'd be to get saved on Mother's Day. Some of you, I saw sons coming in here this morning that I normally don't see at church. Early, I was out in the foyer for the first service. I don't know about this service, but in the first service, I I saw some, oh, yeah, there he is. I said, she rounded him up. (laughs) Dear friend, it's not enough to go to church with your mother. You want to go to heaven with Jesus. You must be born again, and for that to happen, you call out to him, he'll save you today. For by grace are you saved. Have mercy. Oh, God, have mercy. And he will. He will. A mother's prayer must be personal, but secondly, a mother's prayer will be parental. It'll be parental. She said in verse 22, she cried out, Lord, have mercy on me. My daughter, she turned from mercy on me to say, my daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. That's an interesting study when you look at demon possession in the New Testament, they Always two things, and one of them is always the case, but maybe both. It, it is always with m- demon possession, there is a mental component and a physical component. You, you remember when the boy that was demon possessed kept throwing himself in the fire and foaming at the mouth, and Jesus touched him and healed him. I got a, a package came to the church a few days ago. A lady had been somewhere and gone in one of these little shops, and she saw a towel, she thought I would like it, and she bought it and sent it to me. It was funny when you read it, but it's really not funny in truth, but I unrolled it and I looked at it and it said, is it right to put an Alka-Seltzer in your mouth when you are baptized and foam at the mouth when you go under the water to look as if you were demon-possessed? Now that would just be absolutely wrong to do a preacher like that. (laughs) But in demon possession, there is a physical side and then there is a mental side to that. And a mother is crying out for her little girl and saying, Lord, she is not just demon possessed, she is cruelly demon. If you're a mother with troubled kids, you know how to pray right here. You will pray parentally because that's your child, and you're crying out for them. I find mothers pray in four areas for troubled children. Number one, I see so many mothers praying over children who have drug issues. The meth traffic in our area, it's unbelievable. I remember the first kid I ever knew that took LSD when we were growing up in high school. But meth, it's just up and down this I 10 corridor, it absolutely is a war zone with meth. So many mothers are praying for their children over this drug issue. Many are praying over a drifting issue, a drifting issue. They, they've raised them up the church, but now they've kind of drifted off and drifted off. They, they're not living for Jesus. They're not talking to Jesus. They're not going to His house. They, they're just ignoring. Mother's praying, oh, God, bring them home. Bring them home. Some with a drug issue. Some with a drifting issue. Some with a dating issue. They're, they're hanging out with the wrong crowd. They're dating the wrong people. They're going to the wrong places. I tell you, friend, that bad company still corrupts your good morals. You hang out with the wrong crowd, you'd be doing the wrong thing. Mothers pray. They, they cry out about drug issues and drifting issues and dating issues. And I was writing and thinking. I said, I ought to, there ought to be one more D in this lineup. And so I came up with it. That mother prays over those with drug issues and drifting issues and dating issues, and then sometimes they're just dumb. (laughs) Kids are just stupid. And and my kids will tell me at lunch today, well, your grandchildren, you can't say stupid in the pulpit. Listen to me. I'm saying the word today. Don't be stupid. Stupid, 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 stupid. (laughs) Your mama does not like it when you are stupid. So stop being stupid. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Sometimes you just think that are dumb as a stump. <laughs> but you know what, mama, daddy? You, you can't change their heart. But you cry out to the one that can. And he replaces those steps of foolishness with wisdom, and brings people home to Jesus. This mother's crying out over a cruelly demon-possessed daughter. It is her parental prayer. A mother's prayer must be personal. It will be parental. Number three, a mother's prayer should be persistent. Now, this This encounter with Jesus is just extraordinary. I mean, look at it. When when you read it, she is a pagan. He's on break and, and just resting, and she finds him, and she's aggravating the disciples to the place that they say, please send her away. She just shouts at us. But the Bible says in verse 23, Jesus didn't even say a word to her. He just ignored her. He turned a deaf ear verse 25, she came running back and fell at his feet. She bowed. Mark says she fell at his feet. There she was crying out unto him. She, and then finally Jesus spoke and he said, I, I didn't come for anybody except the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She's not the lost sheep of Israel. She's a pagan. It's as if he's saying, I, I didn't come for you. His priority was the Jews. Josephus says in his history that no one hated the Jew deeper than the people of the city of Tyre. That's where she's from. She hated the Jew. And yet now she was crying out to a Jewish teacher. Jesus said, I didn't come for the lost sheep of the house, but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And then She cries out, Lord, help me. And Jesus responds, it's not good to take the, the bread of the children and give it to the dogs. Oh I mean, my goodness. Now, the two words for dog in the Greek New Testament. One is for a, a vile mongrel that roamed the streets. That's not this word. There's another word for dog, which is like a puppy that you'd keep at the house. This is this word. You, you don't take the children's food and give it to the dog. And then she replies, Mm. Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs that fall from the table. Alexander McLaren wrote a sermon. I read it this week. He, He wrote a sermon out of that verse entitled, The Bread and the Crumbs. What a powerful word it was. Jesus is the bread. Friend, you just need a crumb. A little bit of Jesus is all you need. He'll touch you. You'll grow to have a feast and know him all, but just the crumb will touch. And Jesus responded to her and said, woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you you wish. This woman was persistent. She would not give up. The disciples wouldn't listen. Jesus turned a deaf ear. He even spoke to her, almost rebuking her, and she just kept on and on and on. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. Jesus said when he's teaching them to pray in Luke 18 and verse 1, now I was telling them a parable to show them at all times, you ought to pray don't lose heart. Faint not, the King James says. Do not faint, but pray. pray. Mama, mama, listen to me, mom. D- don't give up. Keep crying out and ringing heaven's bells. Your child needs your intercession. Pray them back to the feet of Jesus. They don't so much need your preaching at them. You've taught them. You you can't argue them back to the feet of Jesus. There's a time to speak when they ask questions. But oh, what God can do when mother prays. A mother's prayer should be persistent. But but fourthly, I want you to see something. A mother's prayer must be personal. You you need to trust it. It will be parental. You'll pray over your kids. Uh, number three, it should be persistent, but number four, I want you to know a mother's prayer can be powerful. It can be powerful. <laughs> Jesus said, your great faith, she's well right now. She, she didn't even have the girl with her. She's at home. Jesus speaks the word, and I'm telling you back in her house, the demon, bam, he left. He's out. Gone. She's well. Mother left the carpenter and and ran back home to find her daughter seated in her right mind, whole and well, because the prayer of mother can be powerful. This girl was touched and changed. Mom, your prayer can be powerful. It draws your kids to it. This girl had a testimony. Now, it takes just a little bit of creative imagination with Bible interpretation to see this. You fast forward to the book of Acts. You come to chapter 11, and the church is being persecuted, and they're scattered. And one of the first places that's mentioned is Phoenicia. They scattered. They, they got the Phoenicia. They said, you guys believe? Yeah, we believe up here too. So said, how did you hear? Well, there was a lady talked to a carpenter. And this little girl, they said, we'd like to meet her. She gave her testimony. She stood up and said, I I don't know what happened. Mother was gone. I was wallowing in pity and confusion and demonic depression. And all of a sudden, it was just like a cloud was lifted and I was free. The Spirit of the Lord, the Lord is spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And she said, I got it. She'd been set free. Then, Then you go to Acts 15. They're getting ready for the great church conference, because some people say, well, to be saved, you've got to be circumcised. They're saying, no, you don't have to be circumcised. And so, they sent Paul and Barnabas down there for the conference, and the Bible says they passed through Phoenicia, Samaria, on the way to Jerusalem. I got a feeling Paul's coming through Phoenicia and he said, Barnabas, have you ever met this little girl? She lives at 1264 Hallelujah Avenue in Tyre. Let's run by there. And they go by and they visit and she tells her story. Mama prayed me to Jesus. She ran to the Lord, and the cloud was lifted, and God changed my life. Then you fast forward to Acts 21. The missionary journey's going. In Acts 21, verses 2 and 3, the Bible says that Paul was coming from Cyprus. Can you throw that uh, map back up on the screen? I just threw her a curve. You'll see Cyprus over there. See it? Paul's coming from Cyprus, and the Bible says he unloaded the first ship in Tyre, in Phoenicia. And the Bible says in Acts 21, he stayed seven days in Tyre. After he came from Cyprus with the ship, he came across to the Tyre, then they're coming south. He stayed seven days the Bible says he visited with the disciples what started that church entire a mother's prayer Paul and his friends went by said let's go down here I've I've been here before to Hallelujah Avenue let's go see her see how it is they went in where's your mother oh mama died she, she's not here or, what? yeah mother got sick she's gone to glory the Jesus she cried out to called her home What are you doing? She's I'm still just working for the kingdom. Here in this house. In the city of Tyre. You look at me and you say, Preacher, you can't prove that she died. You can't prove she didn't. I can tell you this, she is dead. And your mama's gonna die if she hadn't already. Some of you buried your mama last year, like my wife did. Some of you are going to bury your mother this year. Some in days to come. The question is, will you live the faith your mother prayed you to? They spent seven days, and the mother's prayer was powerful. There are people in this room today that God's calling and mothers prayed that you'd come get saved. There are people in here that you you ought to come be baptized. You ought to take that step. Last Tuesday, you can talk to the staff. I, we had staff chapel. We do it once a month. I spoke at staff chapel and I gave a call for baptism. I said, if you hadn't been baptized and been baptized correctly uh, and you're working here and you're in this meeting today or you got saved and, and hadn't been baptized since then you come and I'll baptize you today we went on out of the meeting a couple hours later I got a call from one of the ladies on our staff team works over in the pastoral office she said pastor could you come by and see me and we visited the one she said I need to be baptized I got that out of order and she said I've been struggling with that for years and then you preached on it this morning staff chapel and she said I need to make that right and at 4 o'clock Tuesday afternoon I baptized her right there all the staff came and stood down here in the choir and lost, and we had a baptismal service. She made the step of obedience, and what some of you need to do is make the step of obedience today. You, you need to take the step. She talked to me, and she said, Pastor, can we just do it, me and you? I said, uh-uh. I said, baptism is not a private affair. It, it, it is a public announcement, and all your team needs to know you're making this step, and her step needs to be your step today. Your mother's been praying that you'd take that step of obedience toward the Lord. Some of you that are watching even online today... You need to take that step. Some of you need to trust the Lord. You need to call me. You need to text me at 94,000. Send me the word Savior on that text and we'll reach back to you and help you to know the Lord today. You'd like to join his church if you text me that word Savior at 94,000. We'll have someone call you, get back with you. We'll help you in that regard. We have people every week doing that online, with us, by television, radio, different places. You call, you send that text and we'll help you. Those of you that are in this room we sing this song in a minute we're standing right here you need to step out and come he said preacher I'm coming today to be saved I'm coming to, I need to be baptized it was amazing in the first service not a soul came not one person nobody came I stood over here and people lined up to come be baptized after the service one young man came by he was a visitor he said preacher you preached a whole lot better than they is listening today I said, what? He said, man, they should have been people coming. I said, they did. They, came. They, they just were a little lax in getting there. I don't know what the need of the hour is, but your mother has been praying for you. If she's a godly woman, she's been praying for you that you'd take the step of obedience. For salvation, baptism, membership, or just getting right with God to come running home, home, home to King Jesus. I was a junior student in college. I'd spent two years at the local junior college. Now I was going off to Birmingham, Alabama, had my bags all packed and everything in the car. Just as I started to pull out, I, I heard that middle finger pecking on that window. I looked up and That's when you had to crank the window. To it down. I don't know what you do now. You just look at them and go like this. I, I don't know what you do. but And I rolled the window down. And Mother leaned in. She said, Son, I love you. I've given you a good name. Don't mess it up. Don't be stupid. And she just turned And walked in the house 40 years later when I get close up to stupid (laughs) I can hear that voice we gave you a name dear friend Jesus gave us a name that name is Christian to be like Christ don't mess it up. Let Jesus live through you. But you don't live for God because mama says. You live for God because he calls. And you answer his call. When we sing this song in a moment after I pray, I'm going to ask you that balcony to come. Getting right with God. Come in. To know him, come in to be saved. These people need to be baptized. It's in this room today. You need to come set that appointment so we can do that. And we will help you walk with the Lord. Father, thank you for that Syrophoenician woman. Thank you for her cry out for mercy. Thank you for her little girl being changed. And I pray, God, you change people in this room today. Lord, help the first person take that first step of obedience in coming today. You know today's your day. It's your time. When John sings his first word, just rise out of your seat. Walk right here and take me by the hand. Say, Pastor, I'm coming today at the call of God in my heart. Amen. What a great day to do it. A Mother's Day a great day to come running to your heavenly Father.